Hey everyone, Adam here with the Shooter's Touch. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When Brian and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had tons of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get my show into all the apps like Spotify, Apple Podcast, where all of our listeners can listen to it? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is actually pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free, and it is honestly ridiculously easy to use. Now, Anchor can match you with your great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast immediately. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading all of this stuff to you. So, when Brian and I started this podcast venture, one of our huge issues was we both have families, multiple kids, day jobs, multiple jobs sometimes. How are we going to get in the same spot at the same time to do this podcast on a regular basis? Anchor does that. No need to be in the same spot. It's essentially a phone call to one another and you're recording a podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, you need to go to anchor.fm backslash start to join me and Shooter's Touch and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear from you and to listen to your podcast. Welcome back, Round Ball fans, to another episode of the Shooter's Touch with Adam and Brian here. And uh, we had another Really good Drake Bulldog win this past week and another head-scratching Panther loss. Um, and, Brian, I think we're going to just jump right in here. You want to – I know you were you were at the nap for the game against Evansville, so do you want to maybe talk a little bit about the, um, about the Bulldogs and how they performed last week? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously going even a little bit further back, I don't think we've had a chance to talk uh, since Sunday when they took on – Missouri State Bears at at the Nap Center as well, um, which was a which was quite a performance by the Bulldogs as well. Uh, you know they came out in that game and shot the ball really well, um, especially from behind the arc. Um, none of which shot it much better than Brady Ellington, obviously pouring in twenty five uh, that game on Sunday and uh, getting awarded both newcomer and player of the week in the Missouri Valley. Um, which was which was good to see. Um, nice to obviously always nice to have that recognition, but I think more than anything, um, you know, nice for nice for a kid in his position that has to kind of step up and has solely taken on a lot of that leadership um, position with obviously with Nick Norton now, um, you know, and just seeing seeing him have some success and and showing the way for some of those young kids and and giving them opportunity to learn from. And so, obviously, having that performance really kind of helped him and and. Uh, you know, I know things went really well for the Bulldogs um, Sunday at the nap. And um, as far as some other producers, I mean, DJ Wilkins, which, you know, we're going to continue to talk about this kid. Um, Our guy. I was going to say, he is just continued to impress. Um, I know we, we kind of say the same thing, almost sound like a broken record over and over. But, um, you know, logging 35 plus minutes a night, um, getting it done on both ends. Um, scoring, rebounding, defending, you know, as a, as a true freshman and uh, just really making his mark on the game. Um, and even so uh, the other night uh, as well. And we'll talk more about that game here, here shortly. But, uh, you know, I like to see his continued progression, his continued growth as well. 
Um, you know, the Murphy twins as well. They're starting to kind of fall in a little bit more and understand where their position and what their role is on the team. Um, Noah Thomas as well. And so, yeah, Sunday uh, was a good win against the Bears, especially, um, you know, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about it, but did you see what the Bears did to Loyola the other night? I did. Um, and that, you know, that honestly, I was, I was at the Missouri State game when they were in town here in Des Moines. Um, and it, a couple of things I took away, away from that was everything that Missouri State seemed to want to do, they couldn't do because Drake was taking it away. So whether that was, you know, uh, whether that was a scouting report that you know, Drake, Drake had or, you know, or Missouri State being unprepared, but it just seemed like everything they tried to do, they couldn't because Drake was taking it away. And you mentioned, you know, DJ Wilkins, we, <laughs> we do keep talking about him, but he hit some big shots. Um, and, you know, McGlynn, McGlynn played well. He had some early, early foul trouble in that Missouri State game. But uh, an overall good win for, for Drake. And then, yeah, what Missouri State did to Loyola the, the following game. Um, man, I've, I rarely see that. When we, were, we played uh, Bradley in Peoria um, my senior year, I believe, and I think we held them to nine points in the first half. But Loyola scored 11 points in the second half. And uh, overall for the game, I think they had somewhere around, you know, 34, 35. 35. Um, yeah, 35. And so that, you know, Missouri State being Loyola, that makes that win even even bigger for Drake. Um, and they've, you know, they, they've been playing, they've been playing out of their minds lately, which is, which is fun to watch and good to see for the city of Des Moines. It is. And, you know, to kind of wrap up a little bit on that Loyola situation, I mean, obviously everybody knows that, I mean, Loyola. No. The final four and all that. And so, you know, but it speaks volumes of this league as well as we continue to move forward in that it doesn't matter. And it's it's tough to play on the road. Um, and that's something that obviously I think the probably the best thing the Bulldogs have going for them right now is their ability to defend the home court. Uh, you know, moving after the win the other night, moving eight and one at the home court. Um, you know, that's what you need to do, especially as a young team. Talk about it all the time, but defend the home court, you know, win the games you're supposed to and kind of let the chips fall where they may. Because uh, you never know. You could get beat any night. Um, you know, like I said, I was surprised that, you know, not that Loyola got beat, but how bad they got beat. And after, yeah. you know, like you mentioned, the way in which that the Bulldogs pretty much had their way with them on Sunday and then, you know, turn around and less than a week later and just, you know, just hammer a team that, that is as good as Loyola. And so, yeah, it's a, as you said, it's a good win. And, um, you know, I think it did obviously give the Bulldogs um, – you know, a lot of momentum going into their game against Evan, Evansville the other night. And, you know, second time it's now you're obviously coming back and a team um, in which that you had a, you know, a close awesome double overtime uh, with them the first time and Nick Norton going out and that whole adjustment and how uh, that game went uh, the first time they played them. And so, uh, you know, it was interesting going in kind of what to expect and what things were going to look like. Um, the thing with the Bulldogs that was a little bit different than what we've kind of seen in the last couple of games is, you know, the, the Drake's been coming out and um, which I believe Michael Admire has coined as the Bulldog blitz, uh, which, which, which is very true. I mean, and it's a good way to describe the fact that they've come out of the gate and they've hit people in the mouth and they've hit shots early and they've attacked and they've grown a lead in that first half. And then a lot of the second half has just kind of been holding on and, executing and you know winning games um 
where the other night it was a little bit different against Evansville and that I felt like Evansville almost came out. They hit a three on their first two possessions. Um, and so they kind of came out, fired up a little bit and it was a little bit more of a grinded out type of game and, you know, credit the Bulldogs more than anything to show that they have the, the ability to be able to go inside, um, and work, play downhill. And, you know, as a team that is going to consistently hit anywhere between nine to 14, 15, three pointers on you, uh, they only had four. And so they needed to get their points. Uh, in the paint, in which that they did. I think early they they had Noah Thomas attacking off the bounce and getting the rim and putting some pressure on him. And then obviously getting the ball inside to McGlynn was huge, especially in the second half. Um, you know, as as he poured in 20 for them. Um, and they had well, they had five five guys in double figures. But yep. um, when you when I go back to the diversity of the team and you look at the night or Sunday in the game in which Ellison had and I told the newcomer, newcomer and player of the week, if you were to tell me that he's going to score zero points and they're going to show up and be able to eat, beat Evansville, you know, going in the game, I would have said no way. Yeah, and that's, you know, you mentioned a couple things there, Brian. Um, one was the Bulldog Blitz. Um, like I said, when I was at the game uh, against Missouri State last weekend, uh, that's the one thing that I – really really noticed at all times in that game was and this is a big credit to you know Noah Thomas I mean he did not stop attacking that game no matter what the score was he he got a rebound he got the ball off a rebound and he was sprinting down the court to try to get the ball in the front court as quick as possible um, I think at the beginning of the season I think coach DeVries men- mentioned that that that's how they were going to play um, and we've we've talked about it in in previous episodes how you know, when they may have, when they, when they may have lost, you know, they, they may have gotten away from that attack mode. And, you know, when you're accustomed to that, when you're used to playing like that, that really, um, you know, it is, it, it doesn't, doesn't help out your situation at all because you're not used to slowing things down. You know, you don't know really how to, how to play like that. So, so attacking, I think is their best way to, to continue to get W's. Um, and, and you mentioned a couple other things there too, where they, um, you know, have the, have the opportunity to, to, I guess, kind of pour it on, on these teams. And that's, that's how you do that as well. You know, have that, have that killer instinct and attack them, uh, when they're down and end the game early. Um, they've, they've come out on the defensive end, in my opinion, uh, a, a whole new team these last two or three weeks. Um, and then you mentioned that win against Evansville, um, earlier this week where, I think that does a lot for their confidence. You know, they, they come out very first game of Valley play. They, they lose their, probably their most important player in Nick Norton and they, they lose in you know, double overtime or um, at, at, at Evansville. Now they come back and they play Evansville one more time, second time through conference and they get that win. So, you know, I think their, their confidence is at an all time high, which it should be, um, you know, they're really gelling together very well. Um, I think they finally kind of slid into their roles after after Nick Nick went down, um, and and they're continuing to progress and and it's fun to watch them. It is, and you know you mentioned as far as pace of play, and we talked about it obviously pretty extensively with that U and I game, um, and with that uh, game tight down the stretch there in the second half, and you know the Bulldogs' inability to score there in the last five six minutes of that game, um, and we talked about it after that game. It seemed like they had some opportunities to attack and to push and 
you know, for whatever reason, we're kind of pulling it out and trying to go, you know, into their half court stuff. And so, um, you know, I totally agree. And, and we've obviously with both these teams, you know, we're going to get into the Panthers here, but you know, it's the expectations. Um, you just got to be realistic with them and, uh, you know, understand this is a young team. It's a growing team. It's a learning team. Um, in which that, like you mentioned, that they are. I think that the Bulldogs, they're, they're settling into their roles. They're kind of figuring out, like I said, to open with. It's nice to see them be able to win games in, in, in different styles. Going back and looking at this the other night against Evansville, they had 50 points in the paint. Um, you know, like I said, which is, is a little unusual from what we've seen because they've shot the ball so well from behind the arc. Right. But the fact that now, you know, some of these guards are attacking downhill and obviously McGlynn doing his thing in the paint you know, it's just huge. And, and the other number that jumps out to me is, is bench points. You know, they had 26 bench points the other night. Um, and a large part of that was, uh, was Garrett Sturts coming off the bench with 11. Um, yeah. But that you and I game, they had four, you know. And so as you, as you kind of go back and you look to see, you know, what are the differences between these wins and these losses, um, you know, a lot of it comes down to tempo uh, and getting those guys comfortable. You know, they're not comfortable in the half court. You know, they're not um, comfortable not being able to get out and run and get some open looks and attack the rim. And so, you know, getting those guys in positions in which that um, they can feel comfortable and they can be successful. And as we continue to praise that coaching staff, I think that they'll uh, continue to figure it out. And uh, it'll be fun to fun to see how things continue to progress. And obviously no rest as, as they go uh, to Valparaiso next and, you know, a good matchup there, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how things shake out with that matchup. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to see that game too. You know, we we're talking about um, obviously referencing Valparaiso, and you and I, you and I went to went to Valparaiso uh, last weekend, and um, you know, honestly played a pretty good game, but again, just could not get above that above that hump. Um, AJ Green had a phenomenal game, uh, scored over twenty. Uh, he We've talked about it before, but he still has those times where he's where he turns the ball over. He 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 makes a makes makes a play that you you finally remember that oh yeah this kid is a freshman. Uh, you know watching watching him play basketball, you would never if you didn't know know him or know the team, you would you would never know he's a freshman because he's a a, a very potent scorer. Um, you can tell he knows the game of basketball, but there still are some things that he that he does that are freshman like uh, which 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 we should all expect but we even even as fans we forget that he's a freshman because of the things he does out there um at Valparaiso like I said a good overall game um you know but it it just kind of a um, a broken record with the Panthers is that they got AJ Green scoring but they don't have anybody else that can score on a consistent basis you know Spencer Haldeman um had had over 20 against Indiana State but um, you know, the last couple of games, I think he's had a total of eight points off the bench. Um, and you mentioned Drake's ability to score points off the bench. You and I just hasn't had that. And, you know, they, they have a, a Juco transfer that's redshirt this year and Trey Croft, um, who was a, who was a hell of a scorer in, um, at Iowa central, but like I said, he's redshirt. And so they don't have that option to, to put him in and, and score points. And it's going to be tough moving forward for the Panthers. You know, they, as I mentioned, they had Valparaiso lost there. Um, and, and, you know, but that being a tough p- place to play, you know, you're traveling all the way to Indiana. Um, you no, know, they're, they're a good basketball team. They're, they're one or two in the conference right now. Um, 
and so so it is a tough place to play. So you know, speaking of Drake going there, it'll be interesting to see how they perform there. Um, you know, on the road in a tough environment against a good team. Yeah, and um, like you mentioned, I, going back and looking through some of the stuff with the Panthers is it it is hard because you just go through and you watch the games or you look at, look through the box scores and they are so reliant on AJ Green to score the basketball um which you know next year the following year absolutely like i i don't think that that's a bad plan at all um as you brought up i mean his ability to score the basketball um you know and his understanding of the game is 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 so high um you talked about that Valparaiso game watching that second half, I think early in the second half, he came down um, three possessions in a row and just went and got buckets. I mean, the one he kind of hesitated and got by his guy for an easy layup. And then the next time he set him up with essentially the same move and behind the back crossover hit a jumper. And then the third one, he kind of backed him down and hit a little Dirk uh, fadeaway kiss off the glass in which that you're like, wow, like this kid's a, freshman. <laughs> this kid's a freshman. He's a freshman. Yeah. You right. Know, and you're just like, unbelievable. And then, you know, and then he'll come down and, like you said, he'll, he'll make a freshman mistake or turn the ball over. Or, you know, one of the things we talked about off air is he's putting himself in tough situations defensively and getting in foul trouble. Um, you know, and, and, that's, and that's never – sitting on the bench is, is, is never, never a good situation, especially when you're, you're your team's leading scorer. And so but yeah. those are things that he's obviously going to learn and he's going to figure out as he's going through. Um, going back to that whole expectations, I feel like that's where frustration comes from is, is, is expectations. And, you know, you, you kind of have such high expectations for him because you see the great things that he's going to do, but you got to understand, okay, he's a freshman. He was, he was playing high school basketball at this time last year and, you know, he's only going to get better. And, and so, uh, you know, that's only one cog in that whole thing, because like you said, they, the, the Panthers have to find some scoring from somewhere else. You know, we talked about low house um, after that Drake game and how that was kind of what we were expecting from Wyatt, you know, moving forward, especially now into his senior year and, and just doesn't seem to have those performances on where you can get, you know, 12, 14, you know, 15 from him, uh, you know, cause they got to have another score that, that they can depend on here, especially as you continue to move through the Valley and, and you know, and continue to have to go on the road. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of going on the road, they um, Wednesday night played at Southern Illinois. Um, you know, the only reason I'm going to talk about this on this podcast, is because I know our listeners want to hear about it. Otherwise a very, a very, very, very frustrating game for the Panthers. Um, you know, watching the first half, they, you know, I, I don't know if I've seen them play a more complete 20 minutes, uh, didn't miss very much. Uh, they, they played great defense. Um, you know, Southern Illinois went on a nine minute scoring drought in the first half, which, you know, you, you take out half of a half of scoring and, you know, you're gonna, you're, you should hopefully your team should hopefully be ahead, but the Panthers were up by 21 at half. And then the wheels kind of fell off. Uh, you know, Southern Illinois came out um, with a ton and ton of energy. Um, they pressured the ball. Like I've never seen, seen them press. Well, shouldn't say never but back in the old days um when I was in college like they used to pressure the ball back then um and you and I just couldn't handle it uh you mentioned AJ Green sometimes puts himself in in you know positions where he he does get in some foul trouble um and the second half was one of those situations uh he sat out I don't know exactly but it was between 10 and 12 minutes during the second half because he had four fouls um still ended with 22 22 total points uh six for seven from three-point line which is incredible um, 
you know, but you look through their scoring uh, on top of that, the, the starters had um, McDonald had five, Isaiah Brown had 10, Lowhouse had seven, and, you know, Burhau had six. Um, and their bench, they had three people play off the bench. They each had four points. So they just don't have that scoring. Um, and when you're, you know, when you're, when you can't score, you hopefully, hopefully you can rely on your defense. And Southern Illinois played a good half of basketball on the offensive end as well. You know, they, they put their, they put their scores in good situations. They got a really good freshman um, who, who played well in the second half too, and a good kind of small forward slash guard who, who hit some big shots and, and made some big plays too. Um, you know, so, so a tough loss in Carbondale for the Panthers uh, and they don't have it any easier here where, you know, this, this weekend, uh, tomorrow night, actually, they have Evansville coming to town, coming to the McLeod Center, um, who, who, who is a good team as well. You know, they, I, I looked at some stats here before we got on this podcast here, and they score about 25, 25% more in the second half uh, and in the first half. And they score between, I guess, like 30 and 40 points in the first half. So they, they definitely have the, or the, um, the team team put together to score a lot of points. And when you think about that playing you and I, you just hope you and I can keep up at that point. Yeah. Well, and you know, Evansville's got some size inside too, where obviously the Panthers with Fife and uh, you know, some of their injuries, they don't have as much. And so, uh, you know, it will be interesting to see what they're going to do. Um, the other night, Evans, you know, played pretty, I would say fairly aggressive, but they played straight up man to man the whole night against the Bulldogs. Um, which I was surprised at times I didn't send some doubles on McGlynn, uh, just given the way the Bulldogs were shooting. But, you know, they lock up, they play defense, and so it's not going to be easy, again, for the Panthers to score. They're going to put pressure uh, on them on the offensive end. You know, so A.J. Green, again, has to recognize, you know, what the situation he wants to get in and where his value is, you know, on the offensive end of the floor. And, yeah, they're going to have to find some scoring, find some scoring from somewhere. You know, that's that's exciting. Right, what, what you hope that yeah you really hope that that you know the 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 scouting report and you know practice this week will be some some type of putting in a play here play there you know to get AJ Green a shot um because with the Valparaiso game with the SIU game and even even games before that you know you see them come down to late shot clock or when they need a bucket and they give the ball to AJ Green they might go set a ball screen for him but other than that seems to me like everybody's standing around. Um, and I know that might not be the the plan, but that's what it seems like is happening. So it's, it's tough to put a freshman in that situation. You know, he, he is a good freshman, but you know, like you said before, he's, he was playing high school basketball last year. Um, and, and sometimes I think we have to, to remember that as far as expectations go, but um, he'll be, uh, he'll be a good player for the Panthers uh, here for the next two or three years. And hopefully, um, you know, they can start to implement a couple more scorers within the, the offense over there in Cedar Falls. Yeah, and get healthy, get those guys back too. I mean, it's as we talked about, even with the Bulldogs, it's it's a growing and learning season for both these teams. And um, you, you take wins and victories when you get them. And, you know, like we mentioned with the Bulldogs, defend home court. Panthers got to do the same thing. Uh, you know, you, you can – it's easier to stomach some of those losses on the road, but when you're at home, you gotta, you gotta find a way. You gotta take care of business. Uh, if, if you want things to, to set up in your favor, um, come March and, uh, time to head down to St. Louis. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, big weekend coming up here for the Panthers and Bulldogs. We look forward to watching, seeing how everything kind of shakes out. And we'll be back um, very soon afterwards for a, a recap on those games. Um, and we will also be back with another episode of Sneak Peek. Hey, go to uh, go to our Facebook page or Twitter account and let us know what what type of sneaks you'd like us to talk about next. We um, we covered the Jordan Seventeen um, and the and the new Nike Air Adapt BB the last couple, but uh, we we're always looking for suggestions on what to talk about. So sneakerheads commence. <laughs>